Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. How did the ancient Jews have sex? Let's talk about on this episode of Inverse. If that's not a catcher, I don't know what can catch you. My name is Justin Kim, host of Inverse, the podcast and the video. We're glad you're still watching. We're in the book of Leviticus, and we're in Leviticus chapter 18 and chapter 20. And we're looking at the sexual laws that are found in the Pentateuch in the book of Leviticus. In the studio, we have Jonathan and Israel and Siku. Hello, guys. Hey, Hello. Justin. And we're glad you are here. We are in the midst of our arc talking about and discussing and studying the book of Leviticus. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download the Bible study guide on Leviticus. And you can also go to hopetv.org slash inverse and you can watch the other shows that are not talking about sexuality. Uh, but about more deeper elements of holiness in the book of Leviticus. I know I did start off a little bit flippantly, but sexuality is a huge part of what God uh, involves in, with, with holiness, yes? And so this is not prescriptive of what makes him happy and what's not, but it's more of how to, how to deal, he's dealing with sin, how he's dealing with holy living, and there's a more holistic perspective here. So let's have a prayer. Israel, if you can pray for us, and we'll get into Leviticus 18 and 20. Our Father in heaven, we are going to talk about a very important topic, and we need your guidance, your presence, and so we ask for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go to chapter 18 in Jonathan, chapter 18, verse mm -hmm. 1 and onwards. Uh, before you do read, I guess, uh, the kind of the context behind this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but my understanding is they had just come out of Egypt, mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of, of, of a different understanding on sexual behavior, mm -hmm. and not only sexuality, but also dietary, and also cleanliness, and sanitation. And so God is giving these laws, uh, or sometimes reminding them of these laws, and that's what he's delineating out here uh -huh. in chapter 18. Um, verse 1, um, mm -hmm. if you can read for us. Then the Lord mm -hmm. spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. According to the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if, if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. Okay, we'll stop there and you can, etc. There's It just keeps on going mm -hmm. and, and then we're, it's a euphemism. We are not just talking about nakedness, but we are also talking about the sexual activity. Um, why, why is, um, we have a, we did a whole quarter on this, the biblical sexuality, if you go to the websites that I mentioned before. Um, but why, why does God, it's weird, in the midst of the day of atonement and the holiness of the priest and of the unclean and meats and then, you know, getting your body into the holy, you know, mode of things and then, and by the way, you know, don't look at your dad and your mom and your, you know, sister, da -da 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 It's kind of awkward, yes or no, yeah. Israel? I think once we understand the, once we understand the bigger picture, I think it, it helps us to kind of see how this fits in the context. Mm -hmm. God is pulling people out of Egypt. Yep. He's going to start a new nation with them. 
the success of the nation depends upon the success of any nation mm. depends upon the family unit mm. right so the family unit if you just think about it i mean think about us here right mm -hmm. actually all of us i was gonna say jonathan but all of us actually you know we're we're part of a family um and for the most part, your it's family. Been part of a yeah. family. <laughs> I'm glad I'm part of a family. Thank you. Are you, are you going to let me make my point? Are you gonna, <laughs> we so, all used to be, and now Jonathan yeah. is. So, yeah. so Jonathan, your your family still lives in Europe. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. And even though even though his family still lives in Europe, Jonathan's all the way in the United States. Yep. My family, for a, for a large portion of time, lived in California. Mm -hmm. I moved away. Her family, Zimbabwe. Now they're all here. Right. <laughs> so. And, 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 and the, the point that I'm making is this, like w when we, right now I have with my children, I'm not, I'm not thinking about the fact that there's gonna come a time when these individuals who are part of my home circle mm -hmm. will make p up part of the fabric of society, my current society, my immediate context, and even a global context. Right. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be part of schools and then they're gonna impact the schools that they're a part of. And the people that come to their schools are going to likewise come from other family units that, you know, the web just gets very, very complicated and complex. Mm -hmm. And this is how ultimately the world is impacted mm -hmm. from something that happens in the home. Mm -hmm. It is therefore, it should be no alarm that if Satan can attack the family unit, he can literally demolish an and entire nation. nation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so within that context, God is saying, look, the family unit must be protected. Mm -hmm. It must be safeguarded if there will be happiness and joy in the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And so sex mm -hmm. in the private room affects the entire world. That's the huge, that's kind of a, a core uh, organizing principle around the family. Yeah, mm -hmm. biologically, but also gender-wise and also roles and all around the definition of a family. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of times in modern sociology, family has been redefined as any group of people that loves each other. Yeah. We're finding here for the strength of the nation and strength, uh, that's, that's great perspective, yeah. And uh, just, just to buttress that, in Leviticus chapter 18, where he's talking about um, the, all these restrictions, it's interesting that it's so important to protect this family unit mm. that detail is given on not, this is not acceptable and this is not acceptable and this is not yes. acceptable. Nearly and every relational combination. Exactly. Yes, and, yes. and ultimately it goes to protect that one combination of the mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like this isn't, I mean, it's, it's almost like taking care to mention all those details mm -hmm. in order to protect the sanctity of this one mm -hmm. unit of mm -hmm. husband and wife yeah. relationship. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that as we read in the beginning, God is, um, he, he's taking his people who have come out of 400 years of slavery, yes. degradation, yes. and, and uh, a time, I mean, it's not a pleasant experience, mm -hmm. hundreds of years, there's a lot of damage, the trauma that took place, mm -hmm. plus the influences of Egypt, mm -hmm. the influences of the nations around them. These things don't just, you know, they, they will affect you. Mm -hmm. And so he is like a good father and a teacher trying to help them get them back to his original way because that's, I mean, as he said, it was in verse uh, 5, the last part it says, um, well, let's read the whole thing. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. Mm. I am the Lord. He's like, you will live. You will have quality of life if you follow my path for you. And that includes your sexuality. And by the way, I am the Lord. Mm. I created you. I'm the one who knows what is best for you. I literally designed mm -hmm. life for you. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, I think this is actually as maybe like you know odd or you know all the list of things. This is really beautiful because it shows God as a, as a teacher, and God as a, a healer, mm -hmm. um, and God taking care of His people mm -hmm. after a lot of trauma, a lot of issues, a lot of confusion. He's trying to lead them back into truth and into what makes life worth living, mm -hmm. quality of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there's another element that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. As great as God is, it also shows the depravity of humanity. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, to the extent that God has to say, you should not sleep with your father's wife. Mm -hmm. You know, you should not. I mean, to the extent that all of these things are detailed, I mean, some of that you would think, this is common sense. Of course, I don't want to see my mom's nakedness or my dad's wife's nakedness or my sister's nakedness or whatever. This should be common sense, right? Mm -hmm. But like, as Jonathan was saying, like when you live in a state of slavery and you see in Egypt what is happening, the problem is that the things of Egypt mm -hmm. all of a sudden become, to the, to, the, to the carnal human mind or heart, they actually become justifiable. They become... Mm -hmm. Out of all things, they even become logical, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, this makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so God has to detail, and it's important, and it's crazy that he does, that he details sexuality to such great extent because the, the, human, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the human mind, because of its brokenness, yes. will naturally tend toward things that are not good for mm -hmm. us. Right. Yeah, we have evidence from ancient Israel and in Babylon of just literature of these relationships happening that are that are mentioned here of not to do. Just mentioned casually, just, you know, people just interacting sexually with everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. And the presupposition is that, hey, if you have this urge, then you just fulfill it no matter where where you want mm -hmm. to find expressed, mm -hmm. not only in human beings, but also in other, in other living beings and not only like living, but other inanimate, inanimate things. Just, hey, that's just a part of who you are as a human being and just whatever you're, uh, you, you express, you express in what way, whatever way. Um, let's, let's pick up the read in verse 19 there. There's um, interesting components there. You have all the aspects of, of, of uh, the family mentioned from verse 6 to verse 18. But verse 19, uh, Israel, if you can read for us. Verse 19, mm -hmm. you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is in her customary impurity. Moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defy yourself with her. And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Moloch, mm. nor, under, uh, nor shall you profane the name of the Lord your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Nor shall you mate with any animal to defy yourself with it nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Mm. Do not defile yourself with any of these things, for by these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. For the land is defiled, therefore I visit punishment, uh, I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among mm -hmm. you. For all these abominations the men, uh, the, me the men of the land have done who were before you, and thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out also and def when you defile it, as it vomited out the nations who were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the person who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore, you shall keep my ordinances, 
so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that you do not defy yourselves by them. I am the Lord your God. Yeah, thank you for that. So not only do we see family relations there, uh, inappropriate family relations, but it's brought it out into society, and it's buttressing what your point about, about, uh, about verse 20, 25, the land is defiled, and he's, God is creating a new nation and with mm. new relationships yeah. and whatnot. Uh, the common theme throughout here is, is sexual sin, and I want to talk about, you know, uh, there is currently this uh, debate uh, on, and in many countries around the world, where homosexuality is is permissible, and whether the Bible permits or not. That it's pretty clear that it's mentioned here in Exodus or in Leviticus 18. It is not the the only one mentioned. It's mentioned in a list of many others. And we're talking about how God wants to deal with our sexuality. We have sexual sins, and I think we, uh, the church, the Christians or whatever, have probably done a bad job maybe singling out one above many of the others. Uh, we also have adultery that's mentioned here. We have incest and whatnot. But the core, core problem here is with all of humanity in our depraved position of is sexual uh, sexual sin. Mm -hmm. How do we how do we deal with this? And in this context of uh, we are now also entering a society where they're saying, hey, purity is a uh, bad word. Mm -hmm. uh, it is something that you know something that's uh, pushed upon women only, not on men. Or it's this uh, this crazy ideal that is 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 unattainable. God never mentioned it. Uh, premarital sex, totally fine. Uh, polyamory, you know, we have mm -hmm. all these different, you know, quote, cool terms for the newest type of, of sexuality out there now. Mm -hmm. So I think the discussion has well gone beyond even homosexuality of, that, of, the, of the past, but into new forms. Yeah. Um, how well, does, even, how does even, Leviticus 18 yeah. inform all this? Yeah. To even add to what you were saying, even what, what used to be called self-abuse is now called self-care, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think the, the Bible calls or God calls these things an abomination. And mm -hmm. as you said, uh, homosexuality was one of them, but so it's adultery, so mm -hmm. it's, you know, sleeping with an animal or whatever, mm -hmm. all of these different things. I think several things come to mind. First of all, uh, they're, they're same, same, but different, right? I mean, just because uh, adultery is an abomination to God, mm. right, uh, doesn't mean that it makes any other kind of sin, including the sin of, of homosexuality, less of an abomination, mm. right? It just means that they're equally abominable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what, 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 what this is important to point out is that what you are or who you are attracted to mm -hmm. uh, does not change the type of attraction that you have, the nature of your attraction, right? In other words, a heterosexual human being, right, a person who is attracted to the opposite sex, the urges that that person has towards your neighbor's wife or your, you know, the person of a stranger or whatever, those need to be checked just as much as a person who's attracted to the same kind of, of, of sex mm -hmm. needs to be checked. Mm -hmm. And so what God is doing here is he's, he's saying that at the end of the day, there is a natural urge in the heart of a human being, mm -hmm. and those urges are not, uh, uh, must be kept under control. Mm -hmm. They're not, it's not okay to allow them to go wild mm -hmm. or to go crazy or to mm -hmm. go unchecked. And he says, because, and this is why, when you think about just the context of, of, of God in, mm -hmm. throughout Scripture, He compares 
the relationship between a man and a woman, husband and wife, as a relationship between himself and the church. It's supposed to be a metaphor of something yeah. holy. Mm -hmm. And whenever we do not uphold that, whenever we don't protect that, whenever we don't strive for that, what ends up happening is that it leads to the perversion of the image of God in the human being. Mm -hmm. And this to him is an abomination mm -hmm. because we are degrading humanity to that of animal passions, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to speak to something you mentioned, uh, you talked about the, 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 the term purity and how there's kind of a visceral reaction against it now in terms of how it has been disproportionately applied to women. Mm -hmm. And I think not just with the purity conversation, but you think about um, you know, what's called self-abuse and the way that it is now seen. Um, and there are a lot of things that I, th I think that the way that it was maybe handled. Just, just to add though, like when we were talking about self-abuse, we're talking about masturbation, masturbation. Here, okay? Because yeah. that is, it's the terms are to be clear on what we're talking about mm -hmm, and not mm -hmm. just jumping around. Yep. yep. Um, that the way that the way that it has been dealt with or treated in the past, or even you know homosexuality, mm -hmm. um, it may have been not handled the correct way mm -hmm. by the church. Certainly. And I would say specifically for the purity conversation. Like growing up, it seemed like if a girl gets pregnant, she gets in trouble. But what about the guy who got her pregnant? Mm -hmm. You know, and it it was it was disproportionate for me growing up, and I think sure. in a lot of communities mm -hmm. it still is that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, but there's kind of a swing to the other side, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is not biblical. It's a reaction yeah. to the mistreatment of this topic that God has delineated in Scripture, mm -hmm. and so it swings to the other side. Where mm -hmm. yes, I think our dealing our conversations around sexuality as a church a lot of time it tends to like make sexuality a bad thing right mm -hmm. and it's kind of like oh this is a hor it's 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 like the carnal nature and you know it's a, it's a bad part of who you are and you need to deny this right mm -hmm. but that's not what scripture is talking about it's not saying that um, your sexuality is bad it's just saying that just as in everything in our lives we need to have self control mm -hmm. like we operate based on principle, not just by every feeling or every whim that comes across us. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't just eat just because I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Like, even in our eating, we have to exercise control over what we're eating and mm -hmm. think about mm -hmm. it and, you know, have control over our, our physical um, desires and urges. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I guess I'm commenting to the, there's like a, a swing in mm -hmm. a reaction to how it has been inappropriately handled mm. in the past, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and we end up not landing on what the Bible is actually talking about. Mm. You know, there's, uh, you, you were mentioning how the church has inappropriately handled these things, and the problem is when, when we take uh, Bible verses out of context, mm. you know? Uh, we just say that one Bible verse, oh, it, homosexuality is sin, and you know, you got to stop it or you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. But Leviticus here mentions multiple times, mm -hmm. I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. The foundation for all of these things is the Lord. Okay, first of all, okay, the Lord said it, all right. And, and I, I'm all for, we gotta take the Lord by His word right away, but God is good and He gives us reasons. He explains Himself. And what we see here is that He's not only making the statement, I'm the Lord your God, you know, He just doesn't just sprinkle it in there. That's also a promise. Uh, you know, early in, in, in Exodus, He says, I'm the Lord your God who sanctifies you. He's the one who will help you. He will provide uh, sufficient grace to give us strength to have that self-control. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one that is, is even, the fact that he's even telling them this, he's not just like zapping them out, you know, he's like, hey, th this is the way. 
shows God's grace and mercy. And so as a church, um, when we deal with these issues, we have to come with the context, which is a gospel approach showing, hey, there are urges we have, there are issues we have, whether it's sexual or other of other nature, any sin. Um, and in order to gain self-control, we got to go to Jesus. Why? Because when we look at Jesus, we see he, he means well with us. He's good. The motivation is his love for us, right? It's not just, oh, this is wrong. You got to stop doing it. It's like, yes, yeah, it's wrong. But who's telling you that it's wrong? It's somebody who really cares about you, who knows what's best for you. So when I look at Jesus, I see his love for me. Any sin suddenly becomes, you know, evident that it, this is not good for me, mm. right? I might still have urges for it, but because of his love for me, because he is the Lord my God, and because he promises the power to have victory over these things, I can come to him. So we, we, have, we have to present the whole picture when we, when we share this information with people who are struggling, mm -hmm. in this case with sexual sin, but this goes for any sin, mm -hmm. uh, the Bible points mm -hmm. out. Can I, mm -hmm. can I comment on the, on the Lord part? Like, um, I think it's, it's key because, especially with sexual sin, it, it's something that's like you, you have a desire or an urge in your body. Yeah. And um, I remember speaking with a friend on, on, on the topic of sexual sin and it's kind of like, how can something so wrong feel so right? Mm. And, and so it is with sexual sin. Like when you eat um, something that's bad for you and you feel groggy afterwards and you're like, okay, I know it tasted good, but it feels wrong, you know? Mm. Like, but like with sexual sin, like it feels right and it, you have to trust something beyond your own body mm. to say this is not right. Mm. And so the I am the Lord, like trusting the Lordship of God mm -hmm. to be like, it may feel right, there's nothing else in my, in, in my personal experience that tells me this is wrong. And now we're getting to the place that even in society, there's nothing in society that's going to tell me this is wrong. But God says, I am the Lord. So this is based on what the Lord has said. And he says, this is not how you were made to operate mm -hmm. and trusting his Lordship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A couple a of point. things that come to my mind. Number one is, I appreciated what you were saying earlier, Jonathan, that there's a context. Mm -hmm. Like God does not just say, sexual sin is wrong because it's wrong. There's a context of it. Yeah. And to me, for the first time, to be honest with you, the context of me is the, the health of society, mm -hmm. the health of the nation. Mm -hmm. And so what God says is, the issue with sexual sin is that it affects, it affects society, it affects the nation, it affects your ability to function as a government. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge with sexual sin. Now, what he does within this context, he says, this is why I'm telling you what what these things are, right? And then he says, because of this, sexuality must only exist between a husband and a wife. So it's limited to one person for the rest of your life, one person, one person only. If you think about it, outside of that, society does crumble. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It is because of the fact that people violate that that there, that society crumbles, right? There's families fights. Families break. Yeah, families break. I mean, all these crazy things happen because of just mm -hmm. that one thing. And so God says, the reason why this is critical is because society, not just morally, but society functionally depends upon this thing. Mm -hmm. And so God says, there is a context for this. Now, I think it's important for us to state the church has mishandled the situation. For sure. For sure but so has society. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it wasn't just the church that, you know, 10, 15 years ago was very strong against certain kinds of sexual sin. The society was that way as well, mm -hmm. right? And so 
a lot of times we point to the church, but we fail to realize the fact that society has also been harmful in the mm. situation. And why? Mm. I think the reason is because because of this very thing, right? And, and I think that what God is saying is outside of that singular context of sexual relationships between a husband and wife, mm. a marriage within the marriage context, society begins to fall apart in any other form, mm -hmm. you know? So there is, for example, there is a significant danger in masturbation and how that affects society. Mm -hmm. There is significant danger in society when there is the consuming porn. All of that affects society or when there is adultery or when there is sex before marriage or when there is sex with uh, uh, same sex uh, relationships or sex with animals. All of these things degrade society and cause problems, I think, beyond human imagination. Mm. And so I think that's why God limits. And I think it's important. Yes, it's important for us to talk about the salvific value of the cross and grace and so forth. Mm. But we cannot talk about that outside of the context of the fact that exactly. there is a significant problem with any sexual intercourse that takes place outside of the context mm -hmm. of marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in reality, like talking about the salvific value of the cross, um, one thing that I've appreciated in the, in the lessons that we've been speaking about, talking about like practical things, you know, like holiness in Leviticus, it's it kind of like, it, it, it has hands and feet, mm -hmm. you know, and the cross and the sacrifices we talked about right at the beginning of the book, this is where it applies. Mm -hmm. Like this is where we need God's grace. This is why we need Jesus mm -hmm. is because in my own strength, I cannot overcome these urges mm -hmm. because in my own strength, you know, it, I, I don't see how I could actually, mm -hmm. you know, keep to what God has required of me. Now I was speaking with a friend and, and she was talking about how she got discouraged in her Christian walk because she would hear these sermons and she's like, I cannot reach that ideal. Mm -hmm. And it broke my heart because I was like, that's the point though. And, yeah. and it makes me sad if that was not presented in the message. But the ideals that God has for us are so high that we cannot attain mm -hmm. to them mm -hmm. in our own strength. There yes. may be some things that are easy, yes. but there are things that are really hard. Yes. And that's why we need Jesus. Yes. Otherwise, what's the point? Like I can yes. earn salvation on my own. Yes. But the point of this is, he says, I am the Lord. Like, you need me in order to live a life that is that uh, aligns with the holiness that I'm prescribing mm -hmm. in scripture. Yes. You know, I, as, a, as a, a heterosexual male who's married, I need the same grace of God mm. to check my sexual urges or behavior or whatnot to attain, to, for the, to, to, to attain unto holiness as any other human, other being. Mm. And uh, you guys have brought some great, great points. I know this is a very sensitive topic. This, these are topics that uh, there's, there's a lot of mixed messaging going on, but we're not talking about how to parse out society. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how to parse out what God has taught about holiness mm -hmm. and for the impossibility of it if it weren't for the ministry of Jesus Christ. We want to hear from you out there. We would love to hear how uh, some of the struggles that you've had or not just in terms of your sexual urges, but how talking about some of these things uh, in society, it's a challenge for, for all of us, but the Bible is clear. The Bible has answers. The Bible points to Jesus, our champion, our high priest, and our defender, especially in the realm of holiness and sexuality. By no means do we want to 
uh, uh, continue some of the, the abuses that society and church have talked about. We're here to find solutions together. So that's our desire here at, at Inverse, needing the grace of God, not just for myself, but also my friends here, and hopefully for all of you out there. We'll see you next week as we continue talking about the wonderful uh, and lofty principles that Scripture has in the book of Leviticus and on holiness. God bless you. listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.